Chunky Coyote is fortunate enough to be recorded on what is colonially known as Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The original lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Anishinaabe, the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, and the Huron-Wendat, and founded on the Dish with One Spoon Treaty. We do not support colonial forces that seek to further traumatize and erase the original caretakers of this land. To learn what land you're on, go to native-land.ca. Hi lovers, welcome to Chunky Coyote, the couple's podcast, but not. My name's Caroline, and do you think the different types of grief are the same as the different types of love? My name's Sierra, and I still miss my grandmother's first home. My name is Megan, and I was triggered by a boost drink yesterday. Boost! Hi! Hi! Hello! <laughs> um... We have a guest. We, we have, have a guest. guest. We, we have a guest. Oh. Yeah, so. um, <laughs> hi. Hi, Megan. Hi. <laughs> That's how, so fun. How are you doing? I am feeling a little tired today, but it's Friday, and I mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to some restful days ahead. Oh, yeah. yes. I wish. We, yeah. I feel like that used to be, Yeah. Restful days. <laughs> when was the last time you had a restful day? <laughs> mm. um, do you want to tell us about yourself, Meghan? Oh, okay. Um, well, my name is Megan Kane, and I am originally from BC, British Columbia, represent Vancouver <laughs> Island. Um, Black Creek. Black Creek. She knows it. She knows the town. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I am uh, a theater performer, a musician. Um, and I'm currently working with a company that uh, goes to old folks' homes and other care facilities to bring music. Wow. Yeah. Also, I don't know why like, I gave you my resume, but hey, that's... <laughs> whatever. Also, like, the best answer ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. It brings me a lot of joy. So it's a thing I like to... Yeah. I like to say. Born to do it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Megan's been our friend for a long time. Many, yeah. many, many, many years. years. Pretty much, I mean, yeah, we all met, like, at the same time. We were all in residence together. We were, indeed. We have we some were pretty very cute, close in residence. We have some pretty cute, like, college baby photos. Oh, yeah. We do. The cupcake yeah. one? The cupcake. Is, like, the oh, first the photo cupcakes. I think we ever took together. Mm, With us? There's... Specifically? <sighs> and Jess, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it might be the first one of the like of the four of us. There's also That's a really cute funny. photo of the, the four of us. The black and gold, black and gold, black and but gold also sure, yeah. um, Stratford, Man of La Mancha, oh, yeah. outside of the Man of La Mancha place. That's oh really gosh. funny. I love that photo. I <laughs> but that's why I love it. Look, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're so serious about ourselves. We're like dressed up like adults, but we're yeah. all like 18. It's I very can't funny. I picture it. So I think weird. you guys have a video of me running down the hall in my nighty. Yes. Absolutely. Like a little Casper ghost. the ghost. Like a little, yeah, like 18th century ghost. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, yeah so, so we know Megan inside and out. Um, yeah, we know Megan well. And today we're talking about grief and whatever that means. And it's such a big topic with so much to say yeah um but we've had some just like friend chats with Megan and I think that it would be nice to share because she's has the wisdom (laughs) she does she does only a year in so I guess I should like preface that uh I 
A year and two months ago, I lost my dad and my granddad in the span of two weeks. Um, and so, yeah, we are here in this part of the ever-evolving journey that grief is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's yeah. probably going to be some tears. There kind of always there is. There always yes. is. Yeah. It's good. It's healthy. I think it's like... I don't know. It's just, there's, I feel like grief is something that like nobody can really prepare you for. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like you're, you learn on the fly or mm-hmm. like you, you have to just like live through it. Um, and that feels like kind of rude because <laughs> you're like, this is something that if you could prepare for anything, mm-hmm. I feel like this would be something that would be like nice yeah yeah you know like something that you're like okay I know what to do Mm -hmm. um yeah but it's like one of those things that um you just you like literally just have to live through it which is um just yeah I was reflecting on it and I feel Mm -hmm. like I always imagined like when I was younger I would be like oh if this happened you know this is how I would feel and this is Mm -hmm. how I would react and this is who would be there for me Mm -hmm. but it is not, and then it happens, and you're like, what? This isn't happening, mm-hmm. and it is not the way I thought it was going to be, It's especially with the pandemic. It's not with the people who I thought would be there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, nothing, yeah. I think also, too, um, society's, like, relationship with death, our, mm. our Western society's relationship with death does not prepare us whatsoever it like it makes death such a taboo whereas i feel like if you grow up in a society where death is not a taboo perhaps Mm. it's like easier to um deal with because it's like because it's just like a part of life right maybe you've been like sitting with it longer yeah or you're exposed to it earlier i don't know yeah and we've taught like We've talked about grief in, like, different forms on the podcast in Mm. different episodes when we talk about, like, friendship breakups or we've talked about, like, even depression. We've talked about, like, loss of childhood. childhood. Like, grief exists also in, like, this, like, broader scope. Mm. But then we've we've also talked about death. Mm. But, like, kind of in this, like, broad way. But I think that, again, like, we've, we've... talk about relationships so much in this podcast which is kind of what I why I had that thought for the intro because Mm. we've also talked about in the podcast like what even is the difference between all of these relationships and these loving relationships like how do you define the difference between a love with a best friend versus a love with a romantic partner versus a love with a parent and then how do you define the different experience of losing those Mm -hmm. different relationships Mm -hmm. and like what does that mean to you and like obviously different people have different relationships with specifically parents like when we think about losing family when I think about the word grief my first thought is losing family or like people dying in your life and that's usually yeah like your family grandparents parents and like that journey that everyone will go through um and why like yeah, like, what is that? What is that thing? It just feels so un, like, un, or difficult to define. It doesn't feel real, and, like, but yet there, the, yet we do deal with grief, like, all the time in our life on different scales. 
you know? Mm, But it's just, like, I feel like we have, perhaps by, like, you know, a means of survival, we segment, like, okay, well, this is the kind of grief that I am, like, perhaps not comfortable with, but the type of grief that I can think about more often or that I can, like, look at more often, um, and that maybe, like, feels less important or like less heavy not that it does like grieving I feel like grieving relationships sure like yeah it all feels bad but for some reason it is like this is the one that is like okay and that is um almost like this is like the doable grief Mm -hmm. and we can't even talk about that the other one and that because it's like not doable and then you do have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you do it? <laughs> and how do, do you do it? Because there is no, like... Obviously, there's no guidebook. Like, there's no... No. It's so cheesy. But, like, nobody... Like, we were talking about being prepared for it. Mm-hmm. And you're like... How? How? And and you don't even know how you're going to feel until it happens, right? Like, that's what you were kind of saying. You're like, I've, I've thought all of these things about this is how I would react. Mm-hmm. And that's just, like, not how it happened. Yeah. Um, uh, I was sparked by your mentioning how we're, you know, grieving in different ways um, all the time for different things. And it, that was, like, one of the, that was, for me, that was one of the hardest parts um, going through this year was, cause it was also, everyone was grieving COVID, like yeah, everything yeah. that they, they were grieving the loss of their life they had before, the job they had before, loss mm-hmm. of normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to have like this extra grief added on top of that was very isolating. Um, I also like was across the country from, surrounded by family, but like from a lot of my like, friend support network mm. as well. And not able to... Who wouldn't even have been able to, like, be See, there because yeah. because of the pandemic. So, um, it also, like, I think depends on your socioeconomic standpoint. Mm. Like, talking about whether you have the space to think about it or even mm. deal with it. I was very, very lucky that I was able to, like, basically take a year to heal, to just, like, be processing, where now that I'm back in the workforce, I'm starting to, like, feel that... uh, I'm learning how to continue the processing, because it doesn't stop, um, while working, and I'm getting, like, an idea of what working while grieving is like. Mm. Yeah. Which is hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's really hard. (laughs) I don't know how... Yeah. I... Working in general is hard, mm-hmm. you know. No one really wants to do it. <laughs> so, like, when you're also not feeling the best, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's really fucking hard. So it I, does okay. also, I just feel like if you, when you experience, like, a loss that is that huge, it's kind of like I don't understand how the world is continuing to move along absolutely like why are you calling me yeah why are you like asking me to pay a phone bill mm. why do I have to like make any kind of decision like it just feels a bit like 
do you not understand, like, what's happening Mm -hmm. here? Yeah. Why (laughs) am I being, like, forced to continue? Yeah. (laughs) As if, like, things are not completely different. Mm -hmm. That's so frustrating Like, what are you supposed to do? Clearly, the reason that that feeling comes up is because it's, like, a moment of realizing, like, what like, how huge of an impact this is and, like, the, 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 what is really important to you and your relationships and your connection with someone and, like, how deeply the loss of someone affects you and you're, like, taken to another realm of thought about what is, what, what, like, you actually care about. Mm -hmm. And so it's really frustrating to me that we're, like, the life that we live is so distanced from the stuff that is, like, really important and, like, prevents you from being in that space all the time. Mm -hmm. And then, and, like, like, why? Like, every single human being knows this feeling when you're, like, something so big has happened that it's far more important than me going to work today. Yeah, and I just need to stop. And And so why are there, like... 12 procedures that I have to go through to make sure that I will not get in trouble Mm -hmm. for not going to work that day. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. why, like, why are these procedures, like, such a huge percentage of our life? Yeah. When you're, like, "Eh, yeah, it's so, it's so confusing to Mm -hmm. me because we, like, the majority of people will have those experiences, whether that be, like, you know, I'm taking time off to go to, like, a wedding or, like, having a baby or, like, like, life life things that are, like... (laughs) Life is happening. And I would like to be able to be a part of it. And, yeah, like, feeling like you have to beg people who, like, maybe, like, don't know don't know you and don't really care about you um, to, like, be allowed to go and live your life mm-hmm. um, when you really need to is, like, yeah, it's pretty heinous. Yeah. I feel like there's a, there's a lot of um, mentalities that could go into that, too, right, of just, like, those people not necessarily having experienced it or having had to have the experience the like the exact same like they had to go to work or whatever and so and so they believe should, that you have to go to work. then yeah. you have to go to work that yeah. kind of thing yeah i it was i mean i guess i was given a gift by not having a job um because of covid so that i could go home and that really was like what happened, the realizing what, like, how I was, I was prioritizing my mental health and my state and Mm. my, like, time to be able to process. And then, ooh, this past week, I, um, got quite triggered by I as I said in my intro a boost one of our one of the clients we were visiting was drinking boost and it just like took me right back to the room and boost is something like my dad drank before and it it wasn't the going the back part back into that space because I, I I have learned to not I don't fear, like, the big emotions. Bell Hooks, bless her, um, has, like, really shed light that uh, those big emotions is just, like, love coming out, right? And so she really... All about love. If you haven't read it, you gotta read it. Uh, There's a chapter that really um, 
really reframed my my mindset around grief and its expression and how and actually like made me it's comforting now to to feel the big feels to feel those moments of intense like sadness and missing because it's you missing someone you love it's just love coming out of you long story to say that the part that uh, I think scared me and got me sad was that I realized I hadn't been taking I hadn't been prioritizing that time to process anymore now that I'm back in the workforce and I had mm. kind of let it slide as much as I was trying and so it was a really big like grounding uh meltdown I think is what yeah. happened is what it is what it triggered um but in the end became a grounding thing because it was my body being like, hey, remember this solid grounded place you were in when you came back? Let's let's try to stay there because you were much happier and felt like you were living life in the present. Yeah. Busyness, man. But that's the capitalist world we live in. So yeah, kind of hard not to... Uh, yeah. Get distracted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, and I now... I something and now my brother and I was like... All I'm thinking about now is, like, how quickly we got to this, like, conversation about freaking capitalism and work stealing <laughs> your life away from you. And I'm like, damn, like, talking about grief and grieving the ability or the autonomy over being able to, like, just live your life whenever you want and, like... That's sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just sad that we don't have, like, more control over our existence. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I guess we just don't really have control over anything, though, really. No. No, <laughs> no not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I think what that, like, yeah, what that reminded me of was those moments that your body is like hey um we're still like doing this Mm -hmm. we're still in Mm -hmm. this I feel so much of the time especially with um like grief and loss um we want there to be like an end point Mm -hmm. and be like and this is where it's done Mm -hmm. like this is where the therapy ends Mm -hmm. this is where you know I'm healed and I'm fixed and I can keep going Um, and, like, heartbreaking, but also, like, what a beautiful signal from your body to be like, hey, could you continue to give yourself the compassion that you were before because you're not finished? Mm -hmm. And you don't, there is, like, never a time where you have to be, this is done, we don't have, like, we don't create space for this anymore, we don't, like, you know, we don't have to, uh invest in those healing rituals and routines that we've like created for ourselves to get ourselves through this time because you're always it's always going to be in there yeah it's and yeah yeah, I don't know I feel like so much of the time yeah we're so like hungry for sensation and hungry to move forward and past and quickly Mm -hmm. and on um and I think, like, holding on to things uh, gets, like, kind of a bad rap. Mm-hmm. Um, 
why not hold on to things? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. There's something about that that is important of, like, what, yes, let go of things and, and honor the fact that, like, everything is impermanent and we don't, is, that's, yeah, everything is impermanent and we don't mm-hmm. have any control, but also, like, hold on to the things that you want to hold on to and don't, like, force yourself to, to let go if you're not ready and if you don't want to. Yeah. It is also, like, a, like a, a makeup of who you are, right? Like, mm. rather than it being, like, letting go or holding on or either of these, like, actions of trying to, again, like, control this feeling, it's, like... Or that it exists as something separate from yeah, you. Yeah, exists as something separate, yeah. yeah like Or the, grow out of. I feel like in a conversation we had before, like, this conversation of, like, this grief being this black ball encompassed in a circle, and then as we continue on like the ball stays the same size but your life expands around mm. it so it's not that the grief is shrinking mm-hmm. it's that like your life is it's expanding that's how my my counselor described it to yeah. me it's just like yeah. when you're when you're first in it it's just like this all you can carry is this it's been described many different ways but all you like all that is all you can carry is that grief and then eventually like you're able to expand and like add layers. Yeah. And some people describe it as like it's like a huge thing you have to like a blanket you have to you're wearing that's covering you and eventually it shrinks to like the size of a square that you carry in your pocket but it's still always there with you. Mm-hmm. It just like transitions and that is just the number one <laughs> grief is not linear. It it comes up when it wants to come up. Um, how it wants to come up because yeah as you said it's like become a part of you now mm-hmm. and you're gonna keep evolving and so it's gonna keep evolving um, and that's not something that like society really like accepts I think there's a lot of pressure when you're grieving to um, at this society at least I should say uh, the one in which we live the one in which we live um doesn't hold space you're expected to like there's like a I just passed the year mark and Mm. I'm like still like oh everybody's forgotten now but I'm still you know it's I still had a meltdown the other day about it and I still like it's still fresh um even though it's been a year Years move fast. Like, a year is is not that... It's no amount of time, almost. Yeah. Like, so much, obviously, has changed. Mm -hmm. And clearly, like, your life looks completely different. I've expanded. I've been able to expand. But it really is not that much time. No. Yeah. And as we get older, the years just, like... You're like, really? That's a year? That's Mm -hmm. what a year feels like? In my body, I have lived a year of life, and it kind of feels like maybe four months. And we know time is just, like, completely relative, and and knowing that, like, a year when talking about grief is nothing, but a year when talking about, like, how much dust piled up underneath your bed. (laughs) A year's worth of dust is the fuck time. It's very different. It's very, very different, and Mm -hmm. I just think, like... Yeah, time is weird, and we've also talked about this, like, so much 
in the podcast in so many different areas about being like how long it takes to get over an ex how -hmm. long it takes to like be okay after you lose a friend like how long it takes to adjust to adjust like how long it takes to adjust when like major life changes happen or when you leave school like and all of the things that those things teach you and perspectives in the first episode of this season again we're talking about like how quickly you learn things like all of a sudden you know how to have a tax-free savings account and you're like Mm -hmm. oh it just happens and in the same way that like all of a sudden you're dealing with the loss of a parent and like it's gonna happen to everybody and you're like never thought that you would be here and then you are and you're like and there's that growth that we experience that perspective that you gain and and the the also the value that it can it's so weird to talk about like positive things when talking about sadness Mm -hmm. but like the wisdom or the deepening of understanding what like life is about oh absolutely it absolutely gave me the confidence to to take autonomy of of my time and my space and how Mm. I want to spend it and yes I've gotten like a bit um caught up in like the excitement of this new job and everything but but that after this week you know I that 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 knowing what it was like I can't go back Mm. to to not having that autonomy I think yeah like this self-discovery of like what you need to like prioritize your mental health and being able to actually advocate for yourself and implement that into your life because of this experience that was like so life-changing and like it's it is really interesting like the thing when what people do when you lose something you know uh not just even like the loss of a family member to make you like live life the way that you had more envisioned for yourself but like I feel like people are always kind of, like, pushed to the edge before they, like, make changes. Mm. And it's such a weird, like, everyone's always like, did it have to go this far for us to be able to do this? Right. Yeah. You know? And people say that over and over again, right? Like, don't don't wait for it to get that bad. Like, don't, don't, why did it have to go to this, like, absolute worst place, farthest place, um... For you to be able to give yourself permission to, like, do what you've always been wanting to do or what always has been within you. Because I think that is the thing that is so, um, maybe interesting is not the word, but, like, these choices that you start making for yourself because they feel necessary have always been necessary to you. And there, I was, like, talking to my therapist about, like, I feel like I'm always asking, like, for permission. Like, I'm waiting for a person to be like, yes, you're allowed to 
go there or do that thing or any of that. Um, and I feel like earth shattering changes like loss are people being like, oh, now I have, I finally have permission. I'm finally allowed to like take this time to do what I want, even though maybe you've been sat this entire time. Because mm-hmm. again, like. And why is that? Why is this like huge amount of pain? Why is like, is it the giant shift? Why is it like, you know, a pandemic that like completely <laughs> obliterates uh, like entire industries? Mm-hmm. Um, why is it that, that like, finally allows us to be like, oh, I am now allowed to change my life. I am allowed to make big decisions for myself. Mm. I'm allowed to um, take a break. And you know what? <laughs> oh, that's so stupid. But I'm literally like, when we talk, we talk, like, equal and opposite reactions. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, a big thing happens, instigates a big change. And mm. I'm like, there is that frustration. You're like, I wish that it ha- could have happened sooner. I wish I could have figured this but out. That probably wasn't the time. Probably yeah, couldn't. Yeah, or like, you probably couldn't, right? Like, I'm like, now the things that you have learned and have felt, like, and again, you have no idea how that's going to feel until you feel, feel it. it. So how could you possibly have known what you needed or how you would have responded until you felt that feeling? Yeah. And then, so, yeah, there is that frustration when you're like, oh, I finally figured it out and I wish that I could have done this sooner or, like, why did it take this? Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, I don't know. Yeah. That is, like, such a frustrating trait of people. Um... Yeah, you're like, I can't leave this relationship unless something really awful happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you hate each other. Yeah. And you're like, why? What? <laughs> yeah, what are we waiting for? What, like, you're, I'm going to hold my breath <laughs> and I'm going to, like, allow this person to, like, step on my feet until I really can't take it anymore. Like, just wait until it, like, really... Isn't that also kind of a nice thing about humans? Yeah. Like, we really are going to stick both, it out. It's always both, eh? We're really going <laughs> to stick it out, you know? We really want to try. We really, really, really want it to work out the way that we thought that it would. And we could. We just really have to wait and see, really, if it doesn't, <laughs> you know? Are we sure it doesn't work out? Yeah. Are we really sure? It's mind-boggling how, like, change is the only thing that is constant. We know this, and yet we have to continue learning that lesson. Mm. For, like, our entire existence. And, like, um, we just keep learning it in different ways, I think. Yes. Or that's what I keep learning about, like, grief not being linear is, yeah, each time you learn that lesson is a different, uh, a different way. I'm kind of curious to know, like, if you... People remember, <laughs> people remember, like, a very first, like, encounter with grief or memory of grief, like, as a child or, like, growing up, like, even in, like, little ways or, like, what. I'm just trying to think, like, how people are introduced to grief as, like, children, you know? And Megan's talking about, mm-hmm. like, our, our society, like, not really talking about it or it being a taboo or, like... 
I mean, I guess some people are very young when, like, grandparents die and things like that, but, like, not fully understanding or, like, divorce or, like, those sort of things and, like, how, how I'm just, yeah, I'm just, like, remembering my parents' divorce as a young person and, Mm -hmm. like, experiencing that sort of grief and, like, how weirdly dissociative it is when you're a child. For sure. You're, like the memory is hazy you're like you've been blasted off the earth like there's no possible way to like like just like so weirdly out of body Mm -hmm. because you have no frame of reference I think that is the thing Mm. that at least like at this point in our lives I think we've all experienced grief in like some way so we kind of understand like when that feeling comes up we have a name for it like oh that's what that is yeah I like we know that one And even if it's, you know, it changes the way that it, like, needs to be dealt with or, like, the way that it manifests, we kind of still know that, okay, this is grief and I felt it before and and this is, like, what's here with me now. But, yeah, I don't, like, when it's, like, the very first time that you have that feeling and nobody has, like, put words to it yet and you're kind of, like am I the only person that is having this emotional reaction? Am I the only person that, like, does not know what to do right now? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, the first funeral I ever went to, I was like, I have no idea what I'm allowed to feel. I have no idea who I'm allowed to talk to, who I'm allowed to, like, look at. Like, am I supposed to be feeling... What am I... What? What is the protocol? I, like, so desperately felt like I just, like, needed to know what the protocol was Mm -hmm. and because I was a child Mm -hmm. no one was telling me no and because I was the me child I was like well I'm not asking no (laughs) so I'm just gonna I'm gonna sit here and try to imagine what death is like until I fall down a deep deep hole (laughs) and have no and like completely lost the concept of reality because all I'm picturing is like a black hole and yes. my consciousness. Literally that. That is exactly what I used like to you, do. You and my parents would come in and go into like a weird black hole. Yes, and then you would stare into the abyss until like it dark, and then it would just keep going forever. And you're like, this is terrifying. Yeah. And then I would just like get myself into a fit, and my parents would come in and be like, "Huh? <laughs> yeah." And I would go, "I'm hell? so upset, and I don't know what to do with that." And they're like, "I don't know what to do with that." <laughs> I don't I know. know. Like I, you just like. Yeah, I just remember that so vividly. I was like in I this still dress, do that. and I was like, "Do you guys not still do that?" I still do it sometimes, but I also know that it like really. I can get out of it. Puts me in easier a yucky. Now. Yeah, pl- I know when I'm going down, place. and then I'm like, "Nope." Yeah, oh, we know where like, that goes. You're like, "We're I'm not going to go on there." Purpose, and I know it's yeah. It's interesting though. I do like recently my mindset. Whenever like little frustrations come up or whatever, um. My instant thought is, if you were going to die in the next moment, is this the thing that you want in your, like, Oof. is this the yeah. thing you want to be holding on to? Or if you're going to, and, like, I am, like, lose, yeah, uh, losing a parent this soon, like, 25, not really when the average, the average person, but, I mean, yeah, I am grateful to have had him for this long, um, it did I didn't realize like how much it got me thinking about my own death and like but it really did and like because 
and who would who would be left behind and i'm like okay i have to start like an rsp account for my Uh kid like my kids that don't even exist yet because i want them to be taken care of the way like because that is the being taken care of because i know that society isn't going to give them the space to so the only way to give them space is like financial security and you're like but i'm only 25 i don't even i'm not even married and you're like i actually can't even like what money am i putting yes exactly like I'm sorry, we're just like, there's just like stuff that I can set aside (laughs) for my kids? Yeah. You're fucking rude. My children? Because I'm also I don't know. Then you're also like, you need an RESP for your kids. Like, I need to pay for their education. Yeah. And that's like before I die. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even think I'm going to be able to do that. And you're like, huh? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It also got me really worried, like, this... The last time I went home, which was in October, was the first time in a year where I had gone home and not been worried that someone was going to die. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, it just made me really worried all the time that who was the next one to drop. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a hard feeling to shake. Yeah. And then, the, and the, yeah, it's, hard to shake. Like, and then you sit in there for a long time. Yeah. 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 Because you're like, oh, it's going to happen one day. Exactly. And it, it is kind of like your your brain. I feel like that that was, yeah, like my first experience of like death where I felt like I was like old enough. Mm-hmm. And I was also there. Um, and like didn't know that I, that was what was going to happen. Um, that is exactly where I went. Now, it was just like anytime anyone didn't answer the phone, anytime... I, like, hadn't spoken to someone in a while. Like, anytime I didn't send a text, it was, yeah, it was like, oh, that person, it's going to be that person because I haven't spoken to them in a while and that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, like, an exhausting feeling. Mm-hmm. Really scary, too. Like, the constant terror of being, like, I can't allow myself to relax or to, like, begin um, a more relaxed part of healing because I have to be on high alert because your body like does forget like that's kind of its job a little bit is to forget that like the the depth of the pain so that you can like keep going oh absolutely um protection but it also makes it if and when it happens again yeah like that much more shocking mm-hmm. and it does because bring it up like, eventually shit. like your body all of a sudden is going to be like okay now you're ready to deal with this and you're exactly like, I didn't and you're like think i don't I i'm no <laughs> i'm not ready for that who decided but it really is like you want to you want to keep your like backup and you want to keep that that place you want to keep yourself in that space of being like ready for it mm-hmm. um but that's exhausting and like super harmful and like not possible but it really is like that having the shock to your system again as if it were the first time Mm -hmm. is like it's just awful i'm tired right now yeah (laughs) i am this is this is it's it's yeah i think about that with i just had a horrible encounter with racism the other day this is like kind of it's anyways a tangent but Definitely a part of thinking about mortality. Mm-hmm. Why? The fear of life and being in danger and... Oh, yeah. Sure. Yep. 
yeah, classic minimizer. Like, I'm like, I don't. You're like, let's yes. talk about Whatever. racism and how it could affect my life. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm in danger currently, and I forgot like what that felt like because I have yeah. to because yeah. you have to. That is, how are you supposed to, like, go home? How are you supposed to, like, continue to do things when you're living in that place of, like, hypervigilance and fear? Like, you can't. So your body does have to forget so that you can keep going. So that you can live in the present, too, right? Yeah. Because when you're in that constant state of fear, you're not, you're living in the future. You're not living And you are, like, losing. Yeah. Chunks of time. Yeah. Like, you're like, oh, all of a sudden... I have spent the last, like, I don't know, two months being worried that, like, someone's going to go, and then I actually don't remember the last two months. hmm <laughs> And that's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... It was so surreal having, like, it back-to-back, just because, like, my whole granddad's funeral... All I could, I saw the entire time and all I could keep thinking was I'm going to have to do this in like another two weeks and going back to like the being prepared because we were talking about like, how do you prepare? And like, I was as well, like I was prepared as could be to an extent. Like I knew it was going to happen. It didn't like come out of nowhere. It came faster than I expected. And like with my dad too, like we knew it was going to happen um, like we knew, we knew the day and everything. Um, but still, and, but still like it's the after part. Right. And you, so like I was going through all of that being like, yep. Uh, yep. This is what I have to, you kind of go into like, you go into survival mode, I guess is what it is. Right. And you just like keep adapting and adjusting to what the next second is bringing. Mm-hmm. And then it's not until like after the funeral and after everybody has sent their condolences and when you're left alone and that's when it like oh here is like the huge emotion I now have to process yeah because you still have to live it like after the big you know moment and after (laughs) sorry (laughs) I'm so sorry I was gonna say hoopla (laughs) big hoopla There it is. is. It's a freaking hoopla. Yeah. And there is that initial, like, I don't know, like, thinking about my, like, cousin's death. It was like, okay, we're in the hospital. It's happened. There's that. And it all feels, like, very immediate. Everyone's here. This is what's happening. Who's taking who home? Like, all of that stuff. And then it was, okay, lead up to funeral. And then that, that. And then you're like, oh, there's all the rest of my the life. rest of my life after that yeah and mm-hmm. there's nobody like making plans people were like making plans for a funeral and for a day and for like all of that stuff but there is nobody to like plan out the rest of your days after that and like Kate you know order caterers <laughs> of sandwiches I wish. I freaking wish. Gotta go back to feeding yourself. And it really is like, oh, it's not just this part. Like, I have to do all of the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is... Doesn't that... Sitting through and, like, feeling through and living through all of that. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, daunting. Which then you're like, how many people are walking around right now going through this, like, doing this? Yeah. And 
having to not show it at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's another thing that I feel like I gained was just like an even deeper level of compassion for people. And, And again, it is interesting how quickly we forget and how quickly we can get caught up but it is, but thankfully, our bodies will will remind us when mm-hmm. we need to ground back again. Yeah. 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 Everybody's going through shit. <laughs> I didn't say that. Everybody has those days. Everybody, Everybody knows has those that. days. What I'm talking about. Everybody gets that way. But I think also. Um, Something that you said before, um, something that you said before that I, that we've also talked about was being like, oh, this didn't go how I thought it would. And like the people that I would have loved to have been there, uh, were not there. We're not able to be there. Like, I feel like with, um, our friends, like we wanted to do something different. (laughs) And I still think about that a lot, actually. Being like, wow, this is the way that if ever this happened, I feel like all of us were like, well, this is what would happen. Yeah. And this is how we would do it. Um, but we didn't get to. I had this conversation with Tyler because he was expressing the same thing about like, yeah, just having a very different like scenario in his head about what his father's funeral would be like. Yeah. And I told him, and same thing for you, Meg, like when I found out about both of your losses, like, like, I know that that community, because of, like, what we've built, and, like, me and Squid, like, did a snuggle cry together for you, and it's, like, obviously not the same, but you want to be able to, like, that's like what well we had a whole plan we had a whole plan of like how we would care for each other and how we would like walk through this life together and how we would um support each other when things happen and it is like scary and like disappointing and like awful to think that like these things might happen and like we won't be able to like do it the way that we wanted to um but, like, wanting to also be sure that, like, our friend is, like, getting what they need. Mm-hmm. And that is just, like, w- yeah, there's, like, a yeah. whole it's really thing there. I, I found that your circle really shrinks, um, at, like, in the first few months, at least that's... Like, because you're in such a vulnerable state that you only want... Your circle gets really small and because you're in such a vulnerable state that, like, the only people you, like, have the energy yeah. are the people who are who just, like, were there the whole time because then you don't have to explain anything, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, this the circle was a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. And then there's also just that, like the sadness that your friends who have been through like so much like everything else with you up until this point like so many big things weren't able like weren't a part of that um huge thing directly a part of that huge thing Mm. 
that you yeah yeah I feel like we're we've we've just been like coming back into this relationship because of COVID because of you living away Mm -hmm. and then also because it because like like you said you've just recently been able to like expand back into like life Mm -hmm. and like working and then also yeah these friendships that because when you are just like exhausted with grief like you don't have the energy to to do that so yeah Yeah. I feel like it's just recently been Mm -hmm. kind of coming back into that sort of those sort of relationships which has been really beautiful and nice to know that like because I thought back then you know like these relationships are changed forever and blah 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 but nothing has changed forever everything is impermanent Um, and if they have changed forever like not for worse no absolutely yeah I feel like I will never forget uh, both of us feeling like we could have like a big breath of relief as we were like saying like I wish I was there and I wish I was there and like all of that Mm -hmm. stuff and being like oh okay you know I don't know that said not some the zeitgeist yeah and that like the um people don't just like forget how you love them Mm -hmm. yeah or like not as easily as you might think that they do and if they do maybe that was not what you thought it was exactly yeah. yeah but when when there are those like really uh like deeply loving and beautiful connections and friendships they're like a lot harder to shake than you think yeah <laughs> wow. yeah and that like space is not um uh, the end, an end, yeah, is not like the, the bane of a relationship's existence. Yeah, I think there's like such a need to, like white knuckle everything. Yeah, <laughs> keep it the way it is. Oh, stop, 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 stop! Come stop. here, like, come yeah. here. And you're like, wow, this is taking a lot of energy that I could be putting into just like, I don't know, existing in the relationship as it's occurring. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, it's tricky. Keeping you know it where the whole like you can hold both. This was a big, another big lesson. You can hold both joy and grief in the same, mm-hmm. like, at the same yeah. time. You, you, you have, you keep telling yourself that when you're, like, feeling like you're holding the grief the most. But mm-hmm. I, I often think about how, huh, when I'm, like, when things are good, I don't think about how, like, yeah, both exist at the same time. Yeah, but know? they always do. That yeah. we're always feeling at least, like, seven things. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's just like one of them is more either more recognizable or like just a little bit louder. Mm-hmm. But it's all happening in there. Mm-hmm. And you've said to me before too, like the times when something like really exciting or like cool happens in your life can feel so bittersweet when you're grieving somebody because you're like you think about them or wanting mm-hmm. to tell them or wanting them to be a part of it or mm-hmm. you know that feeling of like oh this person that I love and have and loved is missing out on this part of my life that is really like meaningful to me yeah mm-hmm. and that like yeah exactly what you're saying like holding that grief in those moments of joy because like those the loss of those relationships like and again like I've felt this way with loss of friends and like all the changes that were going on in our lives right now and being like oh I have friends like over here and over here or you know the the dynamics of relationships are changing 
and big things are happening in my life and these people aren't there to Mm -hmm. see it Mm -hmm. you know and like that is yeah like you're growing as a person and people are missing it yeah Which is like, all I have is myself, I guess. So I better like myself. I better treat myself good. Yeah. (sighs) Treat yourself good, but also, we just got some good friends. I don't know, anytime we have conversations with our friends, I'm always like, fuck, like, uh, wow. We're so lucky. Yeah. We're really lucky to have the people that we do in our lives. I tell my family all the time. relationships that we do in our lives. Yeah, like, I have such good friends. I'm so grateful. Oh, just like people who actively choose to participate in your life and like in this way. Mm-hmm. Wha- and hold space. Yeah. Of all of free the, will. All of the- but without, but without the weird expectations and like without the weird like, and it's not even like tensions yeah. that come with like people's possessiveness. <laughs> you're like, I'm not forcing you to do this. No, and you're and not you forcing me to be here? be here. Yeah, Whoa. isn't that the nicest thing to know? Yeah, that it is the nicest people... thing in the world to know that people like want to know you <laughs> and do know you, and want to do life with you. Actively choose to do this with you. Yeah. Um, love you so much. Love you, Meg. Bye. I love you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hi, it's Carol and Thief. And you've reached the Chunky Coyote Hotline. Obviously, we can't come to the phone right now. But you can catch us on Instagram at Chunky Coyote Pod. But while you're here, like and subscribe to the podcast. Also, tell them about the review thing. Oh my gosh, Carol wants you to write a review. That'd be really nice. Okay. Love, love you. you. Bye. Bye.